when something happens to you that causes a massive shift in you and that shift creates a desire for you to change. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. So we're going to give you guys a little bit of training on how we request that you listen. Mostly people don't think about the way that they listen. They just have this very passive experience about it. We have found over the years that listening is actually one of the things that you need to actively train yourself on each and every day. So the way that people typically listen is through their judgments, through their assessments. So it's kind of like someone's talking and your constant assessment is, do I agree? Do I disagree? Is this right? Is this wrong? You know, does it make sense? Doesn't it make sense? All this kind of chatter that goes on. Now, the issue with listening that way is whatever is being said, you're not really listening to because humans are these funny creatures that can actually listen to what they're saying about what's being said versus what's actually being said. So if you just are listening to the voice in your head, agreeing, making these assessments right and wrong all the time, that's what you're going to walk away with is basically a bunch of your opinions. And if you do that, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just not going to leave here with as much value as you could possibly get. So what we're going to ask you to do, what we're going to request that you do is that you kind of take your opinions, these assessments, these judgments, and just kind of like, if you imagine yourself walking into whatever room you're in before you walk into that room, just kind of like take those things, put them in a bag and like drop the bag outside the room. Trust me, those opinions, those assessments, they don't go very far you can get them back at the end of this webinar. They'll be right there waiting for you. But we're going to ask you to listen the way that you would walk into a, like a fitting room. And if we asked you to try on a jacket and just put it on and just walk around and see how it feels on you, that's the kind of way we want you to listen. It's just like, just try it on, see how it works. If you don't like anything that we're saying, how it fits on you, feel free to leave the jacket there. Because at the end of the day, this type of training, this kind of like paradigm shifting, transformative type of training is really not to convince you of anything. It's to give you access to alternate paradigms in which you can empower yourself through. So if you're not willing to at least look through at that new lens, then you're just going to get what you always have gotten. And we really want you to walk out of here with something new, something to empower yourself, something that's going to make you think and perceive your reality in a different way and have you show up in a more powerful self-expressed type way in your life. Okay. First question, right? Like get you, get you involved right away. Uh, does anybody know what a plot point is? Think about in a movie. Do you know what a plot point is? The definition of a plot point is it's a significant event within a plot that spins the action around in another direction. So said another way, similarly in life, when something happens to you that causes a massive shift in you and that shift basically creates a desire for you to change. So I'll give you some examples. It could be hitting a tree with your car or getting in a car accident, uh, going through a divorce, being diagnosed with cancer, 
all of these things cause a massive shift. So what I'd like to start today is by giving you a bit of background on the story of our plot point. I'd actually like Guy to kind of tell you a little bit about the journey. Bro, do you mind sharing the story about um, how we ended up starting this journey or how you kind of took our family down this journey, where you were at? Specifically? Oh, developmentally, you mean? Yeah, when you, I remember the story of when you blacked out and oh yeah, yeah, passed out. That was your kind. That was kind of your plot point, right? Yeah, yeah. So without getting into uh, the nitty gritty, getting a little emotional and tearing up on you, you guys, you know, the basis of what led me to do developmental work um, is from about I can remember from about twelve years old starting to feel that way, but from about twelve to nineteen, uh, I dealt with uh, depression, with anger, with suicide, a lot of different things like that. When I was nineteen years old, and, and you know, there was a point where it had gotten into like the family ether that I was dealing with this at a pretty significant level. And my conversation for getting help at the time was I didn't really want it. I looked at everyone else and everyone looked really happy to me. And I was like this miserable, like little monster running around that just hadn't figured out quite yet how to be happy. And that was just my perception of reality at the time. And for whatever reason, when this kind of came to the surface in the family and I got offered um, any kind of support or help, I declined it because I felt stupid, like not being able to figure this out on my own. So I constantly declined uh, any kind of help. But I was 19 years old. It was my sophomore year of college. And uh, just because of the way that I was, circumstances were always like difficult for me. Everything was painful, difficult. I was always kind of the victim. And I came home to uh, spend a month and kind of alleviate some of the stress of college. And I was having a conversation with my parents and during that conversation, I actually uh, like blacked out, like just clicked off and fell to the ground. And my parents were uh, obviously concerned as parents would be. It scared me, not to the level that I was like, concerned for my life, but I remember they sent me to the doctor. I got an EKG and an echocardiogram for those that don't know, it's like a, a heart thing where they check, you know, if you're on rhythm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And everything came back positive. And I knew that it would because I knew that nothing was wrong physically, but up here was an absolute disaster. And I knew that what had happened was there was a, a literally so much stress within my body that my body's like needed a moment to like reset. But that did scare me straight. Like that was the first time I was like, whoa, this stuff is like physically showing up. This is not just in my head. Like my body is literally responding to it. And in a year before that, I had heard about a program that a family friend had done. And I didn't really know much about it. I heard it was like life tools that sounded really hokey to me and kind of stupid. But I heard that it had helped this gentleman with his relationship with his daughter. And that's all I knew about it. And uh, I went and did this program. And it was so life changing for me that I remember the first time I called my parents during that program from the first hello, they were crying and I didn't know why. Same here. Same with Elon. Um, and I remember just saying hello and them starting to cry in there. And I'm like, what, what are you crying about? I haven't even told you anything. And they said, we were, we were kind of ready here in your voice that something has shifted. And it was like that big of a shift for me. And my shift was so big, like so big that it, to everybody else, it must've looked like I lost 150 pounds. And in essence, I kind of did cause it was like spiritual weight that I lost, but I was such a different human being after that experience. And I have literally have not been the same since that I immediately knew if somebody like me was going through that, you know, somebody who's like slept with bedrock, had given up on their life, had a countdown clock in their head to shifting to like 
joyful and experiencing the magic and serendipity of life, if I could experience that, then this was really available to anybody, right? And in it a, happened in a moment. In a moment, yeah. Yeah. Really in a moment of realization, I went from being completely convinced the way that life was, the way reality was, to having a completely different context and showing up in a completely new way. Yeah. So really what I want to talk to you guys about today is the world of the ego. And Guy at that time for, for about seven years that I can remember was super depressed, um, suicidal. I found out much later. I didn't know that at the time. Just went to a really dark place. And it's all because the, the snap happened when he understood how to relate to his ego in a very different way. And so today's conversation, the things I want to share with you are all about making that separation between you and ego understanding what the ego has been doing and how it's been, for lack of a better term, controlling your life up until today and give you a sense of what it looks like to be on the other side of that. I want to give you an idea of kind of the work that we do and why this is so important. Because look, the world of the ego is a world of constant agony and suffering. In other words, to the ego, you can give it a new car, you can buy it a new house, you can buy it a whole bunch of toys, take it on vacation, get it drunk, give it sex, and then you wake up in the next morning and it like pins the list again <laughs> right to your forehead and it's like, it doesn't matter what you give it, it feels insecure or not worth it or not good enough. It's like, hey sucker, get me this, get me that, buy me this, buy me that, go here, go there. Bottom line is your ego is not your best friend. I mean, far from it. Now, some people think that it is their best friend or it is them even because you hear it talking to you all day long. It gives you opinions about this, about that, about him, about her. This is good. This is bad. Don't do this. Do that. This is scary. Run away. Just on and on and on. And when Guy said that he passed out, it's because that stuff just got so loud and so crazy that the system just shut off. Mm -hmm. The system literally just shut off. So our take on life is that unless you learn how to create a new relationship with your ego, you're doomed. I mean, doomed, like at best to a pretty mediocre existence. And we all have negative experiences. Like if you're a human being and you're breathing, you have negative experiences. But if you want to know what negative experiences really boil down to, a negative experience is simply this. It's a contradiction to the ego's opinion. I'll say it again. A negative experience is simply a contradiction to the ego's opinion. So I'll give you a few examples. Ego believes that you should have a pain-free, uh, I'm sorry, a pain-free existence. You fall off a ladder, you do whatever, you break your arm. Contradiction. Doesn't match with reality. Ego believes you should have abundance, ease around money. You get laid off. Contradiction. Ego believes that you should have peace and love in all of your relationships. Your spouse and kids drive you absolutely bananas. Contradiction. Ego believes that you should be cozy and warm. Then there's a blizzard. Contradiction. Here's the major takeaway I want for you guys to grab right now. And this is really, really important. So again, you may want to write this down. All, I mean all, emotional pain is self-inflicted. I'm going to say that again. All emotional pain is self-inflicted. Now, I know that's probably not an easy thing to hear 
because you've gone through pain, you've probably had, you know, crazy experiences in your life. But the ego is what makes you feel the pain. It's your reaction to the circumstance that has you feel that pain. So while it might not be easy to hear this, it's actually really, really great news because once you know and understand this, that's when you can start to heal. And I mean heal quickly. Like Guy said, he didn't have to go through a long seven-year process to get out of the seven-year process that he went through. It literally happened in an instant. I mean, he can tell you the long version of the story, but it was like he was walking down the stairs and he actually remembers the moment that his heel touched the ground and his whole life changed. Okay, because there's that disconnect and that's really what we're looking for. So for Guy and I, living a life that's driven by ego, in our opinion, and I'm not saying this is true, you can kind of, you know, make your own opinions on this, but a life driven by the ego is not a life worth living. So I'm, I, I didn't ask this of Guy, but I mean, he can chime in and I'm sure you'd, you'd agree with me that you'd rather live even a week or two self-actualized, like a self-actualized adult, than live 80 years at the constant beck and call of the ego, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. And I, I, I just like even to take it a step further, I remember coming out of Vipassana in November, uh, I think I experienced like love and happiness and purity in a way that I had never experienced it before. And I remember thinking in that exact moment, like if uh, like a moment of this is worth a lifetime, like it is bigger than a lifetime of pain and like suffering and all that stuff. Like I literally, I even made a video. I said, if I die today or even 600 years from now, know that I died happy because I got to experience that singularity of moment that was like that. Yeah. And that's what this work is all about. That's what this journey is all about. So what you need to understand is that 97%, if not more, of human beings live their entire life unaware that there's an ego running the show for them. Unaware. Imagine going like 80 years and not even having a clue that your entire existence was run by this ego, who you thought was yourself. I want to make a really bold assertion here. And I want to tell you that we believe that you, my friends, are here listening to this right now because you're different. You're just like us. You're, I'm going to call you weirdos, okay? And I mean that in the best, most loving way possible. (laughs) Second, But you're the ones who feel deep inside that there has to be another way to live life. I mean, because let's be serious here. What's the point of living life if the experience of life is pain, anguish, worry, suffering? Is that like really a life worth living? So I want to ask you guys a question, okay? And I want you guys to really think about this. If today was your last day on earth, how would you assess that you lived your life? If you really looked within and assessed, what would you say you've done so far? Have you been there present? Have you been at the controls directing and designing your life? Or have you been a passenger on your ego's bus? And I really want you guys to be honest with yourself. And look, there might be some areas of life where you're the driver and there might be other areas of life where you're clearly the passenger. Okay. And that's really important to understand too. Most people, in fact, I mean, I probably think almost everyone is completely unconscious of this choice. And so what they do is they get on the bus and be driven. And so ask yourself why, 
why would someone knowingly get on this bus and not take control of their own life? It's because it's easy. It's much easier to be a passenger. Driving your own life, man, takes a lot of work. Takes a lot of presence, an extreme amount of conscious awareness. It takes responsibility. It takes integrity. But doing the inner work, like doing this stuff in here for Guy and I, that's the whole game. That's the whole game. In fact, I would venture to say that, and Guy, tell me if you agree with this, that's the only game worth playing. Been playing it endlessly for the last uh, 14 years. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Right? There's no end to it. There's no finish line to it. But yeah. your life unfolds in the most brilliant of ways. Yeah, it's like, it's like enjoying playing sports or a musical instrument or painting or anything else like that, except it's like uh, your life is the canvas, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it's not easy, right? Like, it's, it's, it's not that. And the other problem is that there isn't this, you know, spirit guide walking around and recruiting people and like tapping them on the shoulder or sending them an email or a message on Facebook or whatever and be like, hey, buddy, would you like to start your journey going within? (laughs) Well, like it doesn't happen. You're the one that has to have the desire to live your life differently. You are the one that must initiate it. The cavalry ain't coming. You have to be the one to raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm done with this nonsense. I want to change and I want it now because if I don't do it, I'm literally going to bore myself stupid. So most people, what they do is they talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. Some of them even begin a process, right? Like they'll start something, they'll try something. But statistically, whether it's spiritual work, whether it's working out, whether it's Starting a business, statistically, most of you will never follow through. And you want to know why? It's not even your fault. The ego is lazy. It's just flat out lazy. It gets comfortable. It likes where you're at. Why? Because it knows that it can survive this thing where you're at, even though it might be complete crap. It knows that we can survive this. And so it makes you lazy. But if you truly want to go inward and really start manifesting a huge, like, I mean, big beyond belief, a loving, abundant, incredibly outrageously awesome life, your desire must be way, way stronger than your ego. Secondly, your word must be law. Your relationship to your word has to be absolute. Consistently consistently and when it tapers and it's off if you don't have the power to bring that back you are screwed and i'm going to explain to you why in a second yep this stuff doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen by you listening to a 30 minute audio tape or being even on a webinar like this it doesn't happen by you reading a book or watching a movie if you want this type of life it takes discipline so I want to put you guys on the spot a little bit, okay? And I want you guys to choose right now whether this is a game that you want to play or not. And I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? So ask yourself, am I serious? Am I truly 
committed to making this change in my life or, or, and I want to just preface this. I don't care and I won't judge you either way. I'm clear that every single one of us is on a journey. I'm clear that every one of us is at different parts of that journey. And I'm clear that the people that are on the journey at the right time with us and resonate with us will continue down that path with us. And I'm also clear that those that aren't, nothing wrong. Like you're perfect. You're exactly where you need to be. We're just not there right now with you. Got it? So the question is, am I serious? Am I truly committed to making this change in my life? Or am I going to be lazy about this like every other time? Am I going to remain my ego's passenger? Or am I going to go to that driver's seat and claim my rightful place as the driver of my own life? So I want to give you an example of how this, how you teetering back and forth like this completely destroys your life. How many of you have wanted to or have started a meditation practice? Place in whatever, you know, whatever you guys have as a, as something else, but let's just use this as an example because I know it's something that like people start, people stop, people do, you know, sporadically is, is definitely the right answer. So here's what happens every time. And I don't care what it is that you say that you want, but every time you do something like this, in other words, you say, I'm going to meditate every day for 10 minutes, but then you do it one day or two days, and then you start hitting the snooze button and you miss a day, then you miss another day, you'll do one day. Every time you do that and you put this off, like you said, I'm going to do this and you don't, what you're telling your ego is this. You know what, ego? I don't really care about this stuff. I mean, it sounds really good, but I'm, you know, I'm really not that serious about it. And here's what the ego says. Great. Let's skip it today. And as soon as that happens, you're screwed. Yeah. You're literally screwed because what happens is you've basically programmed your ego and give them power. Every time you do this about anything you said that you want, your ego gets stronger and stronger. You see this in uh, relationships that are failing. You see this in relationships to health that are failing. I mean, any relationship in your life that is failing. So, like, I believe that everything is just a relationship to self, to your health, to the world, to politics, whatever it is, right? You have a relationship to everything. Elon's absolutely right. Like any relationship where if you give your word to a woman or to a man and then you don't honor that word, how does that relationship go? So with self, right, with ourselves, it's the same thing. It's why so many people have challenges around their health or they can't make it to the gym or they don't eat the way that they should, right? It's just these little micro commitments that they're constantly programming the ego to say, it's okay to fail at that. Don't worry, we'll get to it tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's always putting it off into the future, like a someday conversation, except someday never comes. Exactly. Marco, by the way, I just came back in here to check some questions. I saw Marco <laughs> posted a great question. He said, do you think the ego is also responsible for making us want to succeed and do great things in life? So <clears throat> the answer is kind of two-sided, okay? Yes, the ego can absolutely have people have incredibly successful financial lives. The problem is that the motivation to get there, the motivation to drive towards that. So I, we do a lot of personal coaching. We do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and we work with some pretty freaking high level people. I mean, we're charging anywhere between three to five grand a month to work with these people one-on-one. -on -one. And I can assure you, like while these people have made millions of dollars, 
their ego made millions of dollars. And it doesn't matter at some point, whether they're 30 or 50 or 60, they get to a point in their lives where they just kind of wake up and they go, wow, this was not the ride that I thought I signed up for. And they feel empty and their relationships suck and their health suffers and all because what the ego, somebody told the ego one time that you can't make it, you'll never make it. And then they go out there and like, I will fucking prove all of you wrong. And their entire existence, their entire energy, their entire everything has gone to proving someone wrong. Did they make a lot of money? Yes. They feel just as empty as when they didn't have the money. I was going to say, it's like, what, what is your definition of what success means? If it's a number in your bank account, then by many measures, the ego has made many people successful. If when you've gotten to a number, you're just at that number. And then the next thing is, all right, well, I got to consume more. I got to get more. I got to do more. Let's get to that next number. And there's zero satisfaction. And we hear this, by the way, all the time with successful people, like they make it to the promised land. We hear celebrities all the time who say like, I have all this money and they still have all these issues. It's because like externally, they've taken care of everything that has to do with survival. They basically won the game. Yep. Right. That game is like victorious. Like you couldn't, you can't do better. And they're just completely empty and there's nothing. And they and have yet to do the inner work, which is why I think you see so many celebrities turning to spiritual practices. You see a lot of celebrities like, you know, got like Kabbalah got kind of trendy and all these different things because they're looking in different places for answers that they thought they were going to get by having celebrityism and, you know, making a lot of money that they just didn't solve. Yeah. yeah. So it can reach certain levels of income or money or whatever success in that realm but you do it for all the wrong reasons and it burns you out. And so even chasing that, it's just like the ego wanting, I want more, I want more, I want more, get me more shit, more stuff, more power, more this. And so you just have to analyze for yourself. Is that what's driving you? Right? So the point of all this is that if we're going to go on this journey together, if you're going to take this ride with Satori prime, I need you all. And I mean, all, to take an oath right now. And I'm actually going to do an oath. Okay. Because what I want you to do is I want you to be committed 100% to this process so that if you're not just check out now, don't give your ego more ammunition. If you come to play with us, we do it all the way. And if you're not ready for that, um, again, absolutely zero judgment. We totally understand. You're just not here yet. I'm sure we'll see you on the path at some other time. But in the meantime, if you're not, this would be a perfect time to leave this, this conversation. Okay. Seriously, like no hard feelings, no nothing. If this isn't a game, like for us, this isn't a game. This is your life. This is our life. We don't have a practice life. None of us know how much time we have on this little blue planet. So the question I always ask myself and Guy and I kind of bounce this up question off each other quite often is if you had two weeks left to live, what would you do? How would you live that life? So here's our game. Our game at Satori Prime is to transform humanity. That's our game. So you need to choose right now for yourself if you're a player in that game or not. The question is, are you a hundred percent in or are you one of these like, Oh, let me see, or let me try, or that kind of guy or girl. And make that decision for yourself. And again, like we won't judge you either way, but you have to be all in, or this will end up being like everything else you've tried in your life and it just won't work. So 
Question, are you done with your ego controlling your life? Are you ready to grab that steering wheel of life and see what you're actually capable of? And if you are, I want you to take this oath with me, okay? So wherever you are, in your car, in your house, and whatever, I want you to repeat this oath with me, okay? I, and then say your name, (laughs) promise to live my life as my true, infinite, and authentic self. I choose this journey as my life's journey. I'm 100% committed to the process. The ego may try to control and derail me from my path. I will not let it. I will remain strong. I will honor my word as thyself. I will be powerful, courageous, and bold. I will be me. I would have loved to be a fly in the wall in the people's houses that actually just sat there at the computer and just said that to themselves. Look, there's something really powerful about declaring that. There's something really powerful about getting your power back, owning that. We're about to get down to business, but I just want to quickly explain to you the nature of the journey or said another way, kind of the type of work that we're inviting you to come do with us in our community, okay? There's two different kind of tools that we, we share with you guys. The first are ones that work immediately, you know, tools, distinctions that you can put into your life and they'll work immediately. The others, which I actually think are much more interesting, are the ones that work slower. These are the ones that work at the unconscious level. The unconscious ones are really, really awesome. What you just need to know about these tools is they're subtle. They require committed action. They require dedicated action. It's like you're going to be peeling an onion, you know, layer after layer after layer, and you're going to find yourself maybe a year or two or three even down the road, and you're going to do something and you're going to go, holy shit, how did I just do that? Because it's all this undercurrent work that you've done that's going to get you that result. But what I can assure you is that Guy and I have spent, I mean, Guy kind of shared before, we've had a combined probably 26 years of this work. Uh, We've spent near three quarters of a million dollars between mentors, courses, books, seminars, gurus, this and that. And our search pretty much has been the search on what works and what works fast. So I promise you, that the information that we share with you guys at the live event in our group coaching is stuff that we've tested experientially tested not just read in some fancy book or watching a video like tested in our lives and that's the only information that we share shit that we know work i um and and i want to add to that so we don't believe like i i, I don't i know elon doesn't either believe in informational learning alone Mm -hmm. We give you access to experiences and things that you can immediately put into practice so that the things we talk about, even if you're having like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Aha. Wow. What a different way of looking at this specific thing, because most of the things you're stuck with, it's because you're stuck in the same paradigm for most, if not your entire life. The one paradigm that you viewed like 
relationships through or that you looked at money through or that you looked at your personal confidence through. And the moment that cracks open and there's a release in that story and there's now space for you to start creating actively and actively pursuing the creation process, not just being like an empty bystander, like you said, being the passenger and being like, all right, yeah, whatever happens. No, like actively becoming part of that process the moment you have that experience, then it you get it into your bones, right? And what I'm talking about here is just like, it's just like if if we sat here for the next 40 minutes and told you guys about a device that will make you travel faster, you're gonna get on it. There's gonna be these weird thing called pedals. There's gonna be a thing called a handlebar. <laughs> blah blah blah, right? And the intention is that you get to where you want to get to faster, that you get to your goal where you want to get to. Now, we could tell you about that bicycle, then name it, distinguish it, and you will understand it conceptually all the way. But the experience of actually having balance, which gives you access to ride that vehicle so that you can move faster, you need to get on the bike to have that experience. But the moment you have that experience, it's in your bones. You have that for the rest of your life. That can't be taken away. And we want to consistently give you access to those kind of experiences at every area of your life so that you're having breakthroughs by accessing different levels of balance throughout your life. That's essentially what we teach. Well said. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I have this uh, DJing tagline that you just reminded me of, which is uh, I listen to shitty music so you don't have to. Yeah. I was just thinking like we do spirituality and personal growth. Like we tried so many things. So that other people don't have to try the shit. They can actually just focus on what actually works. Totally. That's, you know, basically what we we've done over the last, you know, 14 years, let's say. Um, all right. So real quick, I made a video. Uh, I posted it on Facebook live earlier today. Um, did, did you guys see it? If not, I just want to kind of go over a little bit of what I, I shared in that video. I'm sure some of you did. Some of yeah, you probably should go over it. Cause I should probably go over it. Okay. Um, can't be bad. All right. So, Basically, it was about kind of what I started this conversation with is like knowing, like a knowing inside of you that there has to be some other way. There's got to be more to life than just this. So Stuart Wilde, who's an amazing author, calls us, and I'm, I'm collectively saying us, like all of us here, he calls us fringe dwellers. Um, I mean, some of you and some of us, like I know Guy and I have been called weirdos, crazies. It's all pretty much the same. And when I say fringe dwellers, I don't really mean people who are anarchists or, you know, trying to blow shit up. Not that. It's just people that are kind of on the edge of human evolution. Those of us that just have a knowing deep inside, whether we've done anything about it or not, doesn't make a difference. But we have a knowing that there must be another way to live life, a better, more joyful, loving purposeful, graceful way to live life, right? So I have to be honest, when I first kind of heard this, I was pretty resistant to the whole idea. Um, and you, you might be in that same space. So if you don't know, or like what I said doesn't resonate with you, I want to just give you a few examples. So you, you kind of get like what I mean by fringe dweller, okay? Um, so I mean, for starters, for me, and maybe just most obvious, you're listening to us. <laughs> we don't typically attract the normals, you know? We're weird, we're out there. Um, <laughs> so I'm I, just I, I, Hey, I, I, personally, I don't feel like it's weird. I feel like this is the new normal. 
Well, yeah, but you know, the 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 majority I know, I know what you're normal out there is for us it's normal, yeah. but we're, we're like it's normal to be weird, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, by the virtue of you being here, I think you're one of us. Uh, but there are millions of us out there. You know, there's millions of weirdos out there. So we were told at various times, see if you fit into this, we were all told at various times to conform, to fit in. We were told that we had to wear a suit when we get, you know, and, and drone off to work. We were told, and, and for whatever reason, it just didn't feel right. We see people in shitty relationships, just miserable, unhappy. And we're looking at them going, this can't really be all there is when it comes to love, right? And most important of all is that we believe that we have the power to create our lives and shape our own reality. Now, I'm not saying that you know exactly how to do that just yet. That's fine. Those are the tools we'll give you. But you have a deep knowing that your reality is shaped by you. In other words, like put it very simply, if you have negative thoughts, your life will have negative outcomes. You have positive thoughts, positive outlook, your life will will be positive. And I want you to think about this. If you don't think differently from everyone, if you're not quote unquote weird, then what you end up doing is you go with the flow. You end up going where everyone else is going. You end up being just another drone or as Guy and I like to call them, sheeple. So I don't know about you, but like when I heard that description, I was freaking proud to be a weirdo or a crazy (laughs) or a fringe dweller. I was like, heck yes, I want to be one of those. Screw the normal, right? So if that resonates with you, if you're kind of seeing like, yeah, F yeah, I'm a a fringe dweller, um, let me know. You know, does that resonate with you? And do you find that you're one of those people? Okay. Look, I want to give you some cold hard truth here. There's two options. You can do something about it or you can sit back and do nothing. I can promise you this. If you act the same way you've always acted, if you have the same thoughts you've always had, if you say the same things you've always had, then you, my friend, have already subjugated yourself to going with the flow, to follow the herd, to be a sheeple. If it doesn't sound appealing to you, then here's what you need. You need a whole new way of operating. You need to upgrade your entire system. And I'm sorry to tell you something that you probably already know, but you can't sit on a couch or in front of your computer opining about, oh yes, Elon, that's a lovely thought, or wow, what a positive way to see life and do nothing about it. That's how people watch so much videos on YouTube. (laughs) And then you look at their lives like they take no action and their lives look exactly the same. Wishing that your life would be different will never work. I don't care how powerfully you wish or on how many candles you wish. The weirdos were on a journey a journey back to God, back to spirit, back to consciousness, back to enlightenment, whatever the heck you want to call it. Guys, in my journey is to unlock 100 million souls. Our goal is to unlock 100 million souls to live a life from their true, authentic self. And every single soul, every single soul that is awakened, our belief is that the entire planet is changed. I don't know how many of you guys are aware of like a 
the concept of a global consciousness. But the idea is that you're basically a part of a global consciousness. You can believe in it or you cannot. But the concept is that your journey is all of our journey. So kind of the way we see it is the least you can do as a soul, exactly, the butterfly effect, the least you can do as a soul is make an effort, take action, move forward, improve yourself every single day, not the external, not the this, just be a better version of you every single day. Play that game. You can't create new energy or you can't go to new places in your life by hanging on to where you are now. If you want to flow down a river, you got to let go of the branches. You know, there's that story about the monkey who's like holding on to the banana and he can't get the banana. He can't get his hand through the, um, through the bars and all he's got to do is let go of the banana. It's the same thing. You know, we're not really that much better. Now, on the other hand is what you have to understand is that means facing insecurities, facing your fears, your limiting beliefs. You have to deal with that shit head on. And this journey isn't just rainbows, lollipops, right? In fact, I, I would say that some sometimes really downright difficult. Sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror, you have an insight, you have a breakthrough, you have something and you look and you're like, wow, I have been an asshole. But when you have these tools, it's different. It's not like you beat yourself up and do that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, I'm an asshole and I'm great, right? Like I'm the first to tell you, there are times in my life when I'm an asshole, but I'm also one of the most generous, unbelievably giving souls because I fucking care about humanity. So I don't know, you can look in the mirror and go, well, I'm the world's greatest asshole. Because <laughs> here's the thing, if, <laughs> if you were perfect, if we all were perfect, we wouldn't be here. The whole point is that we come into this physical plane, our soul gets trapped in this body, we come into this physical plane to make corrections, to learn lessons at the soul level. Our soul predetermines where we come here, in what scenario, in what environment, in what location, with what parents and what friends and all this stuff so that we can learn. The problem that people have is that we have a delusion that our reality should look another way. It shouldn't. It should look exactly how it is because that's where the lessons are learned. We just have to accept that the struggle, the pain, even the assholeness is part of the damn experience. Look, spiritual growth is not comfortable and it's definitely not convenient. Otherwise, I think everyone would be doing it, right? So you have to really discard that belief. That's why we believe this information is sought out by fringe dwellers, by the weirdos, because for anybody else, they're like, I don't want to deal with this shit. After hearing that description, are you way more excited to be a weirdo? <laughs> right? Like, are you proud to be a weirdo? Do you realize now how boring it is to be normal? Guy and I knew like from a very, very young age, and I don't know why, but we kind of knew that we were different. I don't think we called ourselves weird, but we kind of knew that we were different because it didn't matter where we went. We just didn't really fit in. You know, the sheep were going this way and we're like, nah, we kind of want to go this way. I, I always said I wasn't Russian enough. I wasn't Israeli enough and I wasn't American enough. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny. Like we, we got plucked out. We were always just out of the norm. And, and 
you know, looking at it now, it's really a blessing because I think we always were on the search for that thing. Luckily, like Guy said, in 2003, when he found that course, that that literally changed our entire existence. I mean, they gave us the tools, the motivation, the power to to do this. It's the reason we're standing in front of you here today. No questions. And not just for us. I mean, for everybody who has been in and around our lives for 10 plus years, it has made a significant difference. Like for me, that moment is if you guys saw the movie Sliding Doors, it was like an alternate future just got completely created around me and for everybody around me. In yeah. That moment. Yeah. Absolutely. So look, that that started the catalyst, right? Since that time, like I told you, we spent probably in the vicinity of three quarters of a million dollars on on mastering our own humanity, being able to share those tools and what works with other weirdos, just like you. <laughs> so I want to just tell you in kind of closing here what I believe and guy, I, I, you know, if you have any others, you know, throw them in the hat. But I, I came up with three distinctions of what I think makes what we do here at Satori Prime, our approach so vastly different than most of the things that you may have heard or saw out there. Number one, we believe in results. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the woohoo stuff. I love it. Guy loves it. But honestly, if it doesn't produce real life results now, I have no interest. It can sound great. It can do, I don't care. It needs to produce results. So the only stuff that we'll ever share with you is stuff that produces results. How do we know? Because we've tried it multiple times. We tested it on other people that we coach. If that stuff works, it comes to you. Number two, we like simple and we like practical. We don't care in trying to sound smart. You clearly seen we we curse like truckers, which <laughs> turns some people off. Um, we don't care to be a guru or a thought leader or any of that stuff. I don't give a crap. We want to share stuff that works and works fast, which brings me to number three, which is we believe in velocity. We like our spirituality on uh, like fast food, fast track. You know, and it's simply because I think we have one life. There's no practice life. This life ticks along really, really fast. One of our first mentors said, Blink once, you're 20. Blink again, you're 40. Blink again, you're 80 or dead. So bottom line is we don't have time to lollygag and I don't believe you should either. So that's, I mean, bro, is there any other thing that you want to throw in the hat about why, what makes our approach very, very different? Uh, I like speed. I, w- I would definitely add that I think, you know, consistency over time. And I mean, I, I like both. I, I, I've never thought of myself as one or the other. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. The things that we share are things that create results in the now. Uh, and I think we have thought provocation for things that you can plant seeds and watch them grow over a very long period of time. Because I also don't believe in like, just like I don't believe in quick rich, I believe in setting proper foundations for people, creating integrity and doing the work that's required for you to bring back integrity so that you have workability in your life at literally every level of your life. So the only thing that I'll add to it that I I really see a distinction between us and, and, and again, it's not better or worse. We have a belief that integrity can happen in every area of life. You can get your relationships handled. You can get your health handled. You can get your sex life handled. You can get your communication handled, like everywhere. And what we see is a lot of people are extremely successful at like one vertical of their life. Like maybe their business is taken off, but their relationships are absolute shit. And we just don't see that. We, we really do see the tie between 
every area of your life and how they all support each other and can help each other. And I can't tell you how often we see that people's stagnation in their business is because their relationships are stagnant or because their health is stagnant. And the moment that you have a breakthrough in health, your business takes off. Or the moment you break through in a relationship, your business takes off and stuff like that. So that's kind of our approach. Yeah, for sure. The, and, the, and, that, and, and by the way, that's why we call it, we call everything that we're doing over, is, is that where you're going to go? Uh, you took the words literally <laughs> out of your mouth. That's why we, we came up with this concept of having it all because it's something that Elon and I say consistently to one another. Like we'll get a, re, a result in an area of life that wasn't a 10 and we're like, that's it, having it all, like having it all, having it all. And constantly creating the context of we're not okay if it's like, and I'm not saying we suffer over it, right? There's a big difference between struggling to get somewhere and suffering to get somewhere. We don't believe in having to suffer to get anywhere, but you're going to have to go through some shit and take a good hard look at yourself and get real honest about things that you may not want to get honest about, at least right now in the current context, because that wouldn't empower you to get honest the way that you know how to get honest with the proper distinction, with the proper tools, putting integrity and getting super honest, but then also having a platform that doesn't put you into a state of guilt or into making yourself feel like shit. But instead you're like, wow, that's really access to something that I've never seen before. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, so funny. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. I will also say the reason that I really like the have it all concept is that have it all to Elon means something different than have it all to Guy. Each one of you has have it all. What I like about have it all is we want to empower you to have your all, not my version of all, your version of all. And, And by the way, that's really important because our belief is that we want to empower you with tools and experiences not so that you can find the truth, so that you can find your truth. We don't believe that there's like a singular truth out there that everybody has to abide by and these are the rules and let's get really dogmatic about it and all that kind of stuff. And if you've been part of that and that's given you service in your life, wonderful. But we wanna give you experience that allow you to self-generate your own power and then create, again, paradigms and stories and things that when you look at it, they're your your valid truth and those empower you to move towards the things that really, really matter to you. Not because they matter to somebody else, but because they matter to you. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.